Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, I get the absolute pleasure of interviewing Josh Levine, author of Great Mondays, How to Design a Company Culture Employees Love. Josh is also a consultant at Great Mondays and has been featured on Forbes, Marketplace, and many more awesome places. In addition, Josh is a speaker at the upcoming Disrupt HR San Francisco event happening on October 15th. Which we're going to be talking about as one of the large main focuses of today's interview. Uh, Great Mondays is a culture design company based in fantastic Berkeley, California. Its mission is to help technology and social enterprise organizations improve the way that they work. Josh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Bill. And listeners, uh, this is my uh, another opportunity for me to chat to Josh, who was a moderator at the last Innovate Work Toronto event. And uh, amongst other things, I can tell you, Josh can drink, um, and he's a, bit, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a bit of a party animal. So it's a pleasure again, Josh, to get to chat to you. Today. Yeah, thanks. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to get together. <laughs> so, firstly, Josh, please tell our listeners a bit about your career background and your role at Great Mondays. Uh, yeah, so I actually started um, as a brand strategist, and um, I spent 10 years working in that field. And what I realized is that as we were helping organizations um, create these brand promises, that they weren't delivering on them. And that wasn't really part of our purview. And so as I transitioned out of that, uh, out of that role, I really kind of identified uh, culture as the next most important link, or maybe the preview, the, the link that comes before the brand promise, um, to make sure that everybody inside the organization understands why they're there at the company, what they're doing, and how do they make better business decisions uh, and, and keep stay engaged. So to, um, that's how I started uh, Great Mondays and with this concept of if you understand why you're coming to work, that even Mondays can be a great day uh, as opposed to a uh, woeful day. And I'm, um, you know, been been kind of doing what I can do to get that uh, message out into the world. Culture is a business tool that needs to be uh, proactively managed and created in a, in a powerful, compelling way. Uh, and it's not just about ping pong and pizza. And so that's why I started Great Mondays, the consultancy, and then ended up extending that into my uh, recent book, also called Great Mondays, uh, in order to identify, uh, help people understand what culture is and what they can do about it, as opposed to being something where it's just uh, happening to you. So that's the the book lays out the six components of culture, a framework that is uh, self-sustaining and a way for people to leaders and managers to really um, grapple with this uh, um, incredible, potentially powerful, but also um, difficult subject. Awesome. Thank you very much. So for those folk out there who are in the HR profession, uh, can you can you sort of elaborate a little bit in terms of what a great culture can mean for their people processes in, in terms of onboarding folk and, and retaining them and, uh, and progressing them within a company. And, and for those leaders listening, what, what, is a, what does a great culture mean for their bottom line? Right. Um, all great questions. A, a, a powerful 
culture and and not all I, I, every organization let's start with this every organization has a culture and the question is whether it's the culture that is going to achieve the outcomes that you want so there's no kind of hey this is a great culture this isn't um, it's a matter of finding the right people and bringing them on. Um, I'm no fan of the, for example, Amazon culture, which is a very top-down, kind of rigorous, almost militaristic uh, culture, although you cannot argue with its success. Uh, so that's a that's a perfect example of something that, you know, I would not personally fit there, but it is, you know, it is um, good So it, for them, for their bottom line and the way that they run. So what is a what is a culture? Uh, can, what can a culture do? So what what I describe my definition of culture is the cause and effect of every decision that you make. So it is how people interact. It's how they operate, um, and it's and it's kind of the motivation, the the implicit kind of self management that um, an organization can empower people with. And when you define your organization's culture in a really um, explicit and compelling way, what you find is that you're going to attract the kind of people who want to be part of that, who not only share the values of the organization or believe in, even if it's not the same or close to, and would like to grow into, uh, uh, as an, as an individual become kind of a, a, a kind of person that would work there, but also defining kind of w- defining why you're in business. What is your purpose? What is your why? So those are the actually, if you think about the, um, when I go back to the six components, those are the first two components. Your purpose is your why. Who are the people that, you know, what are you doing in the world and who is, who's going to join you on that mission? And you the second component is values. What do you believe in and how do you do your work? How do you achieve that why? So when you have those kinds of people and you're able to establish that story and be explicit about what you're doing, why you're doing it, and how you're going to do it, you're going to get people who are um, inherently uh, implicitly motivated in and they're going to want to stay and work for your organization because they understand what they're doing even on the hard days and so you know one of the things that we a lot of my clients struggle with out here in the bay area is competing for talent and it's just such an incredibly intense um, cauldron of, of, of like swapping talent where you've got these headhunters paid, you know, huge sums of money to go find incredible people. Um, and when you have fa- the Facebooks and Googles of the world who have almost infinite resources, you can't compete on money alone. So what do you compete on? You have to compete on purpose. You have to compete on the culture. And so if you, the more compelling the culture, the more likely people will stay, the longer they'll stay, the quicker they'll onboard. If you have a, um, if you have a very explicit un, you know, understanding of what people are supposed to be doing there and you have a really rigorous onboarding program that you are, um, using to indoctrinate people into the culture, they can get up and running even faster. And those are the those are the the kind of the staffing benefits. And once they're in, if they know what they're doing, if they understand, if they're bright people who are given their tools and empowered with the kind of vision that um, that you need to provide, uh, then they're able to be more engaged and they can manage themselves. It's not, it's the opposite of micromanagement. We're moving in such a, such a speed now, a lot of these organizations, it needs to be more of a macro management where I'm going to hire you to do a great job. I'm going to give you the tools you need and you're going to make great decisions. I don't need to be right on top of you. You can make better decisions 
um, with less management oversight. So that's really the amazing element of it. And when that happens, you have either the ability to remove um, a management layer, right? So reducing expenses, or you have the ability for those managers and leaders to do um, work that delivers directly to the bottom line. And so you have a highly engaged workforce, you have a more empowered um, management layer, and you've got people that are aligned, um, want to do the work and do the work in a incredibly um, powerful way, not just because they have to, not the bare minimum, but actually putting their heart and soul into it. That's why we need to start thinking about purpose and values. And that's why we think about, you know, culture as a incredible competitive advantage in business. Oh my gosh. Not only do I love what you say, it's your voice, Josh. I love how you say that. Ladies and gentlemen, I just think Josh has got the best voice. Anyway, enough of my personal man crash on Josh Levine. Oh. Let's, let, 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 let's, let's continue. Thanks, thanks, if only I had a, if only I had a German <laughs> accent to go with it. Uh, you have an accent to me, sir. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let's let's move on now and talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming Disrupt HR San Francisco event, if I may. Um, so, uh, listen, some of you may know that I'm one of the co-organizers, along with um, Mike and, uh, and other members of the awesome team. Josh, uh, wh why did you decide to get involved with Disrupt HR San Francisco? Oh, well, I just love, I mean, just even the name itself is, is so aligned with my vision of the world. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm a bit of a heretic and, um, you know, I grew up as a, uh, kind of innovative, you know, taught to be, you know, challenging all of these ideas and roles. And I think that HR is, um, a, uh, you know, it just like business, HR is in a moment of transition, and I feel that we need to really shake things up in order to deliver powerful um, business value. I also love. I was I posted about it. Um, I was thinking about the format on, um, and I posted about it on LinkedIn, which is it's like it's like a TED talk but faster. So so what I love about it is that it is um, each you don't have control over the slides. You can you 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 submit your slides, but each slide stays for 15 seconds only and you have a maximum, what is it, 20 slides? So you have five minutes each. So it's imagine like the pressure of nailing a TED talk, but like faster, you don't have any control over it. And so I think it's so great because what's worse than sitting down for a, a you know, a talk that you think is going to be good and maybe it becomes terrible, but it drones on for 30 minutes. At least, you know, it's like you've got great talks or maybe you've got some crappy ones, and but it only have to survive, uh, suffer through it for like five minutes. So um, I think it's, it's a wonderful, um, fun event. It keeps things very lively. I, I've, um, I have uh, been to one, uh, a few of them before, but uh, one in, in Vancouver was uh, was the last one that I attended, and it was uh, it was a really fun event, um, very lively, and you get to hear um, so many ideas so quickly. That's what's so cool about it. It's like you may not agree with all of them, but I get like all the ideas because I don't know about you, but when I go to a regular conference. It's like I kind of get the premise in the first five or 10 minutes and then, you know, only the best of the best are my still engaged here. It's like, boom, I'm going to give you my best idea in five minutes or less and we're on to the next thing. And that's that's just that it's such a cool format. 
um, that, uh, and I'm, I'm really honored to be able to participate in it. And hopefully, hopefully I do a good, a good enough job. <laughs> okay. So, uh, now if you don't mind, tell us a bit about the, the session that you're going to be uh, presenting on at uh, Disrupt HR San Francisco, which is called culture is your only advantage. And, uh, and if you don't mind highlighting a, a few of the uh, learning outcomes from that too. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the challenge is it's only five minutes, 20 slides and five minutes long. So I can't tell you too much or else it's going to it's going to ruin the entire thing. But spoiler alert, um, my, uh, you know, my strong opinion is that um, we are in a crazy time. Uh, things are transitioning um, in society communities and business so quickly it's almost as if we're reliving the industrial revolution uh and i would even argue that it's it is more fraught with change than even that was and we're struggling with it just like the industrial uh, uh humanity struggled with the industrial revolution what my observation is is that you can no longer compete on your incredible innovations, quote unquote. You can no longer compete on who has the most money and, and can scale the fastest, right? That's, it's just everybody, all of these businesses are, are you know, got great ideas and amazing technologies, but there are no, these, the, the, what was once a sustainable competitive advantage for these businesses is no longer. And What's worse is that those sustainable competitive advantages, while they benefited the bottom line, the company, and they benefited the customer even with higher quality products or better functioning products, none of those have ever considered benefiting, have ever benefited the engine of all of this productivity, which are the employees until now. Culture is the only competitive advantage that actually benefits not only the business and not only the customers, but the employees. And that's the case that I'm going to make. And what is incredible about company culture is that unlike um, your latest innovation, which might be stolen by the um, uh, by a, a foreign adversary, perhaps, or um, if you have um, someone who patents it and then someone's going to come sue for their IP, um, you can't steal or copy culture. Even if you wanted to, it wouldn't work. And so when you think about sustainable competitive advantages, if you're able to really get your organization to move in the right direction, even if your top talents leaves, you're still going to have your culture. And so talent can leave, talent can be stolen, innovations, you know, it's like someone's going to come up with the next great thing. But you, as, in, as a leader in your organization, if you're able to invest in creating a vision that attracts the kind of people who want to work hard, the values that are going to help organizations um, and people make better decisions about how they work, uh, and you support that with the um, recognition rituals and cues that enable an, uh, a, a culture to flourish, you have something that everyone else does not. And that 
is the future of uh, 21st century businesses. And I guarantee in the next five years, if we look back and we say, okay, which which companies are flourishing, it's the ones that really took a proactive, um, serious look at investing in their culture as a business tool. Okay, thank you. That was a pretty good overview. Um, people probably don't need to go to the event now. They've they've just learned all the lessons. Just, uh, right. Well, the uh, slides uh, are great looking too. So you know, <laughs> it's like if you want to see what I look like and and see me actually uh, uh, act it out on stage and see if I can keep up with the slides. That's that'll be the uh, <laughs> that'll be the the reward. <laughs> I'm only one of ten speakers, so it's like you know, you still have nine tenths that you don't know about. You are. Okay, that's a good point, actually. I, I should just uh, give a bit of lip service to some of the others very quickly. We've got uh, John Hagel, Cameron Powell, Caroline Peer, Doug Kirkpatrick, Kim Charmillan, Sean Hinton, oh gosh, uh, Barbara Williams-Hardy, Robert Brown, and Sunil Bagai. Uh, those are the other speakers, and they are all awesome so you should probably still go along to the event yeah uh, josh before we wrap things up last couple of questions for you sure, um sure. first firstly what, what have you got coming up in the next six to 12 months that you want to share with our audience um well i'm going to continue to be um, trying to get my um, book out into the world we're going to be doing some interesting work um i'm continuing to publish um i have a column on forbes.com so all my latest ideas that's my venue for that so look out for that um, we will continue to be releasing um, amazing case studies and um, deeper dives into the content on our website at greatmondays.com. And if you sign up for our um, monthly timely culture tools called One Minute Mondays, you'll be first to know when we have um, new uh, new content out. And uh, we'll be launching the second session of our uh, culture design mini semester uh, shortly. So if you want to sign up for that, we're going to be hosting um, an online course, six classes, going through all six components, learning with some of the best uh, culture leaders in the world. It uh, We premiered it last year and it's been, um, a, was tremendously successful. So if you want to get deeper and learn directly with me um, and my team, uh, go to greatmondays.com, sign up for our newsletter and uh, you will uh, be first to know about any um, any of these courses and and discounts around that. Was that greatmondays.com, Josh? I just want to double check we've got that for our listeners. That's right, greatmondays.com. There we go. Lots of plugging, ladies and gentlemen. And just finally, Josh, uh, how how can our listeners connect with you? So you, you've you've explained how they can uh, check out more about. Uh, about the, the company, but how can they connect with you? Are you on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all these wonderful places? <laughs> uh, I am most active on LinkedIn. You can find me there, Josh Levine with a lightning bolt. Um, I'm also on Twitter um, at AKA Josh Levine. I am not on Facebook, so don't go looking for me there. You're going to find other Josh Levines, but not this Josh Levine. Um, LinkedIn is is uh, really the the best place to find me. That just leads me to say for today, Josh Levine, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thanks for having me, Bill. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.